welcome to Let's Talk Period, the podcast for people living with endo, adeno or PCOS who want to be informed, educated and empowered when it comes to managing their chronic illness. I'm your host, registered nurse and chronic illness mentor, Isabella Gosling, and today's episode is centering all around adenomyosis for April, which is Adenomyosis Awareness Month, so what better time to dig a little deeper and go into all things adeno. I'm going to chat what adeno is, how it's diagnosed, some management strategies, and as well as some adeno myths. So let's do it. So as mentioned at the top of the episode, April is Adenomyosis Awareness Month and it takes place each year in April and the aim of the month is to raise awareness and put an end to the stigma, silence and taboo around the 1 in 10 people assigned female at birth who are living with adeno. So it was often thought that adenomyosis isn't a very common disease. However, it's just not diagnosed. So it's kind of like it's more common than what people think. So adeno is a disease where the lining of the uterus, so the endometrium, it grows into the muscle wall of the uterus, the myometrium. So sort of the endometrium tissue is growing into that muscle wall and people who are living with adenomyosis can experience lots of microscopic bleeds in that muscle wall of the uterus during the menstrual phase of their cycle and so mainly that just means there's little tiny bleeds happening in the muscle wall of the uterus which can cause lots of pain and inflammation and discomfort. So the symptoms of adeno can be quite horrific and very painful as well. Before getting into the symptoms though, I just want to note about the differences between endo and adeno diagnosis slash um, pathophysiology wise. So as we know, the endometrium is involved in adenomyosis. So that's the tissue growing into the muscle wall. But with endo or endometriosis, the tissue that's involved there is similar to the endometrium, but it's not the same. So these conditions are kind of like sister conditions, but um, the tissue that's involved, the, the types of tissue are slightly different. So there is that difference there. Uh, But people who are living with adenomyosis can get some really horrible and really debilitating symptoms, including heavy and prolonged bleeding. So um, a normal period is anywhere up to 80 mils over the seven-day course of your period. Um, So if you're having bleeding that is lasting longer than seven days or it's incredibly heavy and you're bleeding over 80 mils, like you're needing to change your period product really regularly and more regularly than the recommended time frame. You might experience sharp shooting pains up the rectum or vagina, um, pressure or a heavy feeling in the abdomen, painful intercourse, lower back pain and referred leg pain that's so like leg pain that could be radiating down the backs of your legs and fatigue is a huge one for people living with adenomyosis as well as feeling nauseous as well. It is important to note that just because you have one symptom doesn't mean you will have every single symptom and 
you don't need to check every single symptom off on that list to necessarily have a diagnosis of adenomyosis. Um, If you're thinking, yes, I've got a few of those and you're wanting to get it looked into further, then that's so valid. You could also be suffering from similar symptoms to endometriosis as well, which sort of overlap. So you could also be getting that bloating, the chronic pelvic pain, and like I said, heavy periods is uh, a symptom of adenomyosis, but it's also a symptom of endometriosis as well. So trying to keep an eye out and dotting down those symptoms. When it comes to diagnosing adenomyosis, um, the only way to definitively diagnose adeno currently is via a hysterectomy. So once you've had a hysterectomy, that tissue is then sent off for testing. So the pathology is tested and that's how the diagnosis is formally made. However, a diagnosis of adenomyosis can be made based on characteristics seen in laparoscopy as well as through the use of medical imaging. So through a laparoscopy, um, the diagnosis can be made through the appearance of your uterus. So it could look inflamed, it could look bumpy and bulky. And there's also tubal thickening that could be seen as well. Um, When it comes to imaging, um, they are looking for the junctional zone. So that is sort of like the space between your endometrium and your myometrium. And that is often thicker than normal. And so anything over eight millimeters is considered abnormal and anything over 12 millimeters is considered suggestive of of adenomyosis. So if that is evident on an MRI or an ultrasound, as well as increased vascularity or blood flow, um, myometrium thickening, so that muscle wall thickness, um, as well as a difficulty in being able to determine the endometrium and the myometrium border. So they're kind of just blending into one and hard to define. That can be indicative of having adenomyosis as well. Now, there is treatment available for adenomyosis, and it's mainly around a holistic management strategy. There is currently only one cure for adeno, which is a hysterectomy. So that would be involving removing the uterus. However, some people are suggesting that an endometrial ablation will cure adenomyosis. However, there is not sufficient evidence to support this and the studies really are out as to whether it is effective in removing adenomyosis or not. And the only definitive treatment option for curing adeno is to actually remove the uterus itself. So to manage the symptoms that I was mentioning before, you need a multidisciplinary team who are all working together and this doesn't need to be all of these people all at once and what works for one person could work very differently for you. It's all about what works best for you and finding who is the right people and the right treatments for you. So they could include seeing a pelvic physiotherapist, as I mentioned, chronic pelvic pain, lower back pain and referred leg pain are all part of this condition as well as bloating and things like that. So seeing a pelvic physio can be really beneficial um, when it comes to shooting pains up the vagina or the rectum, working along with that 
chronic pelvic pain and reducing that sensitivity, reducing muscle spasms and helping to make things move a bit more freely, um, as well as um, exercise physiology as well. So when you are living with adeno, moving might be more difficult due to that pain. So working with a professional who's gone to uni and can prescribe exercise and gentle, gentle stretches and gentle movements to optimize how you move and focus on what's not going to trigger a flare-up or cause further pain for you. Furthermore, you could look at including acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine. There's a lot of information coming out about the benefits for both of those things in relation to endometriosis and adenomyosis, as well as the role of naturopathy um, or seeing a naturopath or looking at seeing a dietitian or a nutritionist to work at finding out what foods might be potentially triggering you and causing bloating as well because there's often a lot of things going on especially when it comes to conditions like adeno where there's inflammation involved so working with a dietitian or a nutritionist to create an anti-inflammatory diet that's not going to trigger you and then um, working with a naturopath for supplementation uh, as well that can also be beneficial or um, traditional Chinese herbal medicine for supplements as well along with acupuncture and moving of the blood flow. This management strategy could also include hormonal contraceptives or devices and medications because um, that's one part of the puzzle that might work for you so things such as an IUD or the oral contraceptive pill or injections. Um, it's just all about what is the best treatment strategy for you medication-wise. So it's important to be discussing those options with your doctor. And then um, if you're finding that you're experiencing pain regularly still and working with a pelvic physiotherapist isn't really doing a whole great deal, then you could also look at including a pain specialist in your management plan as well and they can help get on top of pain and figure out a pain management plan that real, will really work for you and help you have a quality of life that you deserve. Now for some adenomyosis myths. So I'm going to share three myths that are very commonly shared around about adeno. And the first one is that um, teens or young adults are too young to have adenomyosis. And this is a condition that only occurs after you're 40. So that is just simply not true. Teens have been known to experience adenomyosis and it doesn't matter what your age is, you can suffer from adeno whether you're in your early years of menstruating or later, but it was often thought that it was due to women um, or people assigned female at birth not having a baby was the cause of adenomyosis. However, that's not true and adeno can affect anyone at any stage. Um, so you do not have to be over 40 to be suffering with adenomyosis. You can be as young as your first period. Another one which I've kind of touched on are that endometriosis and adenomyosis are just the same thing and that um, adenomyosis is where that 
endometrium is growing into the muscle wall and that's just endometriosis in the uterus. So that's not true at all. They are separate conditions and have similar features, but the tissue types are different and they are not the same. And finally, our final adenome myth is about infertility. So um, there's a lot of misconceptions around the role of adenomyosis and being infertile and saying just you have adenomyosis, you'll never have a baby, which is also not true. Infertility is a factor and your fertility can be impacted due to adenomyosis. So it is important to work with your healthcare team and your specialist if you are wanting to have a baby and work towards um, a fertility and treatment plan for you but it is entirely possible to fall pregnant and have a baby even if you do have adenomyosis so that is just simply not true and can be really disheartening for a lot of people all right there you have it there is a rundown on what adeno is how it's managed how it's treated the diagnosis um, and some adenomyths as well if you have other adenomyths or you want to share a bit about your adeno experience i would love to hear about it um, please send me a dm on instagram at let's talk period au or you could join our facebook group the let's talk period community if you just search that in your facebook app or the show notes have the link directly to it so you can join us there if you did enjoy this episode i would really appreciate you sharing it with a friend or a family member or anybody who you think might benefit from hearing about content around endo adeno or pcos Um, It is just me running the podcast and Let's Talk Period, so any support from you would be greatly appreciated. If you're not following the show already, make sure you tap follow to be notified of any new episodes. And if you're wanting more Let's Talk Period content, you can follow me on Instagram at Let's Talk Period AU. Or if you're wanting to feel supported, encouraged and uplifted, connected and confident when it comes to managing your chronic illness, you can follow me on Instagram at Isabella Gosling underscore. Both those accounts are linked in the show notes if you want to check them out. Let's Talk Period is produced for educational purposes and the information, recommendations and topics talked about do not constitute medical advice or take into consideration your personal circumstances or medical history. 